Hello and welcome to Rasslin Memories Then and Now on Pioneer 90.1 FM KSRQ. You can check us out online at radionorthland.org where you can stream this very episode or you can listen to it in the archives. Glenn Broggett along with my co-host back again for another round of Rasslin Memories down there deep in the heart of Texas. We're talking about the grizzled vet Mike McCurdy. Mike, good to have you back. Good to uh, be talking some more uh, pro wrestling this week. Yes, I, I survived the uh, the WWE WrestleMania week of uh, festivities, so I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, glad yeah. to be here on the show today, so we can actually you know talk a little wrestling and not bombard my eyeballs with so much uh, television product. Wow, <laughs> how many hours did you ingest uh, of the WWE brand there the, in the various uh, sub brands there uh, through the uh, week there? Well, what was the, what was the total hour count on that man? I mean. Of course, this is also, you know, for good or for bad. Time you'll never get back. But you know, just for the sake of history, how many? How long was it total for your big your big wrestling odyssey? Oh God, um, let's see, three, seven, eleven, thirteen, twenty-one, twenty-four. Probably about thirty hours, maybe roughly. Wow, Jesus. A lot of three-hour programs, four-hour programs, two-night takeover, two-night WrestleMania. Yeah. And on top of that, I watched Broken Soul Sessions with Chris Jericho, and I watched AEW. So I'm, I'm a little burned out. I hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to take a, take a little bit of a breather, maybe a slight breather here after all of that pro wrestling but i i don't i didn't quite watch all of the all of what you uh consumed uh, during mania week i caught a little bit of raw i you know and i i watched you know i watched a little bit of mania on saturday night i watched i was like watching the other uh the other products i guess because i was watching i watched the afternoon impact uh, event that they had uh, right before mania which was you know pretty good timing for them to uh uh, and, and pretty much they know their role and where they stand in the business as far as the hierarchy. It was it was a pretty decent little show. Uh, Jazz had uh, her, well, what was to be her last match. Uh, I mean, impact or is it just going to be a whole career? Uh, I guess uh, well, time will tell. And uh, yeah, I watched uh, the uh, AEW, you know, the, the Dynamite stuff. I got to get back in and, and watch a little bit more of NXT. I kind of fell off years ago. I got to kind of find my way back there. And, uh, you know, watch that. And then, you know, AEW's got their stuff on YouTube. It's like, man, you can't book yourself enough time away from work to watch wrestling. I mean, I got to save that vacation. I live up here in the tundra. I got to save that for warm spots so I can get out of here every once in a while. So I, I raise my glass to you. Uh, I got my little uh, soda pop here. Raise it to you there, Mike, for enduring and, and, and taking on all those hours of uh, sports entertainment. Yes, yes. Uh, and part of my thing is, you know, uh, I'm a historian and all that. And right now we're in a major, like, in my opinion, a major historical part of time with the pandemic and things reopening. So I do my best to keep an eye on everything. I've never actually watched like 30 something hours over a week spent, actually nine days span of time. So never actually done that. But, you know, I, I rose up to the challenge. Yes. I think. <laughs> Yes, you did. And uh, yeah, and all the while, you managed to book guests. And uh, this is going to be an interesting little conversation. I'll, I'm going to kick back for a little bit, you know, and, 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 and pop in every t- chance I can. But uh, you got a good guest book for us this week, and I want you to kind of take over from this point and uh, introduce him to Northwestern Minnesota and the, and the world. 
Uh, I, I, you definitely found a character, man, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to you guys chat and engaging in this conversation this week. Uh, yeah, a character to say the least. Uh, very well-spoken, very intelligent gentleman. Now, I always enjoy my conversations with him. And oddly enough, he fits into my 30-hour, you know, exodus of professional wrestling because uh, he's connected with the great colleague who went into the Hall of Fame. He's also a big part of SWE Theory, which airs on Fight TV, which I also watched during my nine-day WWE, you know, binge. So, yeah, he, he fits in well to it. And today he is our guest on Wrestling Memories Then and Now. He's more of the now but he is very well versed in the then as well. Very, you know, student of the game. I'm proud to have our guest on today. None other than Nigel Rabbit. Nigel, welcome to the show. Michael Glatton, thank you so much for having me on. It's, uh, it, it's definitely an honor to have uh, someone want to talk to me for an extended period of time. So uh, bless you. Bless you both. I always enjoy talking to you, man. This is probably what our fourth or fifth interview we've done. And plus, you know, we always talk at the shows and we see each other. I mean, we've known each other oh, since yeah. 2014. We're going on like seven years now. Something like that. That sounds about right. 2014. Yeah. Now, when you, uh, when you had started working with uh, Iconic Heroes of Wrestling Entertainment. Yes, yes. My first, my first trip out here in uh, September of uh, 2014 before uh, we finally decided to make the move and make Texas our home, which... You know, probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. It is. Uh, I mean, uh, as far as the other places uh, in in America, this is probably the most unique. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 one of the few places in the United States where you, when you talk uh, when you talk to anybody, especially when you're traveling abroad, and you yeah. You say you're an American. Usually, you're met with "Oh, as an American." But if you say you're a, you're a Texan, you get an entirely different response. Even even post uh, George W., you, you still get a very different, a very positive response. Uh, and then, of course, if you're talking wrestling fans, immediately someone's going to reference uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Undertaker uh, or Shawn Michaels, depending on on how knowledgeable they are of the history of the business. But uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, you know. Interesting, interesting place to call home, uh, and and yes, I still do. So, but not a Texas accent. Now, speaking, yeah, no, definitely not a Texas accent coming out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about you know wrestling history and you know wrestling here in Texas and everything. Uh, as I said, you are a major player on SWE Fury, which airs on Fight TV as well as CW uh, channels, like, all over, you know, the country. But um, yeah. what I want to do is kind of go back to the beginning. You know, where did you get your start? What got you interested in, in professional wrestling? Uh, interested in professional wrestling, uh, that was, oh, God. I was in my, my, my family had moved to uh, America uh, in 1980, and uh, my, my second year of school, uh, I, uh, or, or what you call second grade, uh, was, uh, was it at one of the school bookshops, you know, uh, uh, supplies and the like, you know, automatic pencils. And, you know, this is back in the day when everybody was, everybody who was anybody that was 
trying to sell something, market something to children, was stamping everything on anything. You know, and uh, uh, I had seen a, uh, a WWF, uh, that gives you an idea exactly how old, uh, a WWF uh, folder with uh, Ricky Steamboat on it. Uh, and, and I saw it and went, oh, that looks very interesting. I like that very much. And, uh, purchased it, and uh, then not long after that, I, I stumbled upon the, the actual television product for WWF, uh, and uh, well, from that, just you know, continued uh, a, a love that ranged from uh, I, won't, I won't say fanatical, uh, but uh, I was very enthusiastic for a number of years. And then, you know, you get older and you, you lose interest in things. And, you, you know, uh, my family moved to Texas. And when we moved to Texas, uh, we moved during a time where you really, unless you knew where to find professional wrestling on, on local telly, you, you didn't find it on local telly. Uh, you had to have cable. And, and uh, the family didn't want cable at the time. So, you know, we, we dropped off. Uh, of our enthusiasm for WWE for a little, uh, a little while. Uh, interesting. You can almost mark my my drop off in professional wrestling with the rise of of uh, uh, the Attitude Era, uh, because once the rise of, once the Attitude Era started to started to create, and and we were shifting away from you know the the super cartoony characters like the Hulk Hogan's. Uh, and, and we're going, you know, we're starting to allow Shawn Michaels and, and Bret Hart uh, to to carry the ball and run with it because, you know, they didn't look like perhaps they had been inflated through artificial means. Uh, I, I, it was about the time that, that I, I had dropped off. As a matter of fact, when I got back into to following professional wrestling as a fan, that uh, was... Uh, 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 Monday night in uh, 1997, and I was flipping channels and thought I had passed Randy Savage. And so I was like, wait a minute, that looked like Randy Savage. And I clicked back a few, uh, and uh, it was like, well, I don't you know, the camera's not on Randy Savage anymore, but that's definitely Razor Ramon. And the big fella standing next to him must be Diesel because I'd never seen Diesel before. So I had no uh, point of reference other than that guy's humongous. That's got to be this guy that I've heard talk about. Uh, and it was the NWO that got me back interested in professional wrestling. Uh, and, and I think I think that was probably where I first started um, thinking in a I can do it kind of mentality. Although not really I can do it, but I you know I, I especially during the Monday Night Wars I catch myself you know. Uh, uh, cutting promos like uh, a, a uh, you know invader into WWF territory uh, and been you know been sent to WWF by Uncle Eric uh, and, and you know ridiculous little you know things like that um, and then uh, cool probably uh, twelve years or, or so after that. I ended up with an opportunity to audition to do uh, uh, color commentary, uh, and uh, you know that in and of itself is a, a, a long and occasionally comical story. 
But uh, the short or long of it is my audition was terrible, but the young lady that I was dating at the time, who later became my fiance, then later became my wife, and is now the former Mrs. Rabbit, uh, she uh, she had impressed the the powers that be that we were auditioning for in, in a valet capacity. And so they wanted her, but they didn't want me because I had just done a terrible job. Uh, I mean, it was almost as if I had never seen the product before. That was how bad my initial audition to foray into professional wrestling was. Uh, and, uh, you know, they didn't know me from Adam. They didn't know, uh, you know, my background as a human being. So they had no idea that I wasn't the type of fellow that would, you know, say, well, you know, if I can't do it, you know, my girlfriend can't do it either. Uh, and so they gave us a, uh, an opportunity to do a live audition say, uh, saying, you know, Hey, we, you know, give you a chance to do a live audition and get you in front of fans and see, see what you do with that. Uh, and I knew I was, I, my audition had been terrible. I knew it was just wretched. Uh, my, <laughs> the former Mrs. Rabbit had looked at me and said, how did, uh, how do you, how do you feel about what you did? And I was like, yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't have asked me to come back. So the fact they asked us to come back, you know, I was like, all right, I really need to make an effort to make sure that when I show up now, it's something significant and it say, oh, okay. You know, we do want this fellow around. And uh, uh, blissfully, that's what I did. Uh, what the, the reason why they'd given us the live audition is because they wanted to book her. But because they didn't know that I wasn't that type of prat that, that would get upset uh, and say, well, if I can't have a job, she can't have a job. And so they were hoping that getting her an opportunity to work in front of a live crowd would make her want to do it and would either you know, force her into a position that if I was being, you know, a prat, she could stand up and say, you know, no, well, you know, you know, they may not want you, but I want to do this and I want to be a part of this. And so I'm going to do it. And, you know, you're either going to support me in this or you can hit the bricks. Uh, and uh, when they got the, 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 the fellow that they got, they were very surprised. Uh, and I didn't find this out for like you know, three, uh, three or four months when the owner finally looked at me and, and told me the story. Uh, and, uh, but I got in because uh, now, uh, a friend of mine was doing play-by-play commentary for this company, uh, and he and I had very close uh, wrestling commentary sensibilities. Um, you know, we had, we had an, uh, an affinity and a fondness for Gorilla Monsoon and, and his style of commentary, uh, and uh, uh, particularly a love for uh, his repartee with uh, Bobby Heenan uh, and with uh, Jesse Ventura. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's kind of uh, what, what got me into the business. Uh, and from there, I did announcing for you know for a few years. Cause, but the, the way we were doing commentary, we, the company didn't didn't really have a tele product. Uh, they were doing it all over uh, uh, the house mics, and they got a new booker in who didn't like the the uh, way that commentary over house mics kind of exposes the business. Uh, uh, sadly, for myself and the gentleman I was working with at the time, nobody took the time to sit down and explain why it was exposing the business and why it was bad. And it literally, you know, it, it literally took me 
researching and reading on message boards uh, because, you know, before Facebook and, and professional wrestling had the relationship that Facebook and professional wrestling have today. Uh, but uh, I was on a, a message board and was reading someone explaining why, you know, it, it, it's bad and why it quote-unquote ex- exposes the business. Uh, and so when the, the new booker came in and, and was like, no, we're getting rid of your live commentary and your play-by-play guy, he can go ahead and uh, he can, you know, handle all the sound and production because he's doing it anyway. Uh, and then uh, your uh, uh, your heel commentator, uh, well, we'll just make him an announcer and we'll just, you know, make him a gimmicked heel announcer. Uh, and I started doing that for, for probably like about two years. Uh, ranging, be, you know, ranging between, you know, uh, gimmicky heel announcer and and just being you know, myself uh, and announcing, uh, and then eventually because it got to be, because you know, I wanted to expand my craft and I wanted to grow myself, uh, and it, it got to be it was one of those, you know, I can't find extra bookings unless someone starts a brand new company. Uh, and doesn't have anybody either already in mind or doesn't have somebody already that they're working with. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd end up with an opportunity every once in a while, like, for example, uh, with our friend David Fuller over at IHWE. Uh, you know, he'd give me, uh, you know, you know, uh, a, you know, hey, I've heard a lot about you. I'd like you to come on out and do commentary uh, with uh, with Rob Moore and, and you and see how you guys do. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun with that and that started building my relationship with David. Uh, and, uh, you know, but, but aside from like onesie twosies, there is nothing, you know, nothing and nobody for me to uh, really expand my repertoire and nobody's going to hire an announcer from, you know, significantly out of state or significantly out of town. Like for example, no one's going to, no one's going to pay me to drive to drive to Austin and work in Austin. You know, maybe a traveling company that, that all that I already work with would, but you know, nobody's nobody's gonna open up shop in Austin or San Antonio or Houston or, you know, any of the billion other, you know, small towns in Texas that potentially could have a uh, uh, a wrestling promotion spring up. Uh, and so I went, you know, if I want to grow my, myself professionally, uh, I need to branch out. Uh, and so I, I started uh, looking into ways to build an opportunity into managing and, uh, 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 you know, doing a couple of things untrained, which retrospectively, not very bright, uh, very painful <laughs> uh, because people say, hey, we want you to do this and this. Uh, and you go, yeah, OK, I'll do it because you don't want to say no. Because you don't want to, you know, you, it's the, the classic, you know, you, if somebody says no, there's, you know, three, four other fellows that are, you know, or, or ladies who are going to say yes to a spot just to get, you know, get the foot in the door. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I eventually got trained at the uh, XCW Institute in uh, uh, in the Denton area uh, and got uh, certified through them having completed uh, their, their manager training uh, and um, I've been largely doing that ever since. That was cool. That was about 
2012, I think, when I finally got my, uh, certified as a manager. So, yeah. So a couple of years before you and I met then, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, <clears throat> and, you know, very, very, yeah, I mean, that's a super condensed. And I'm amazed at how brief it was. <laughs> but that's a, that's a super condensed uh, you know, uh, path, path and journey. Yeah. Uh, now I, I, these days, uh, I, I mostly do managing, although uh, uh, I do commentary and uh, will do announcing, although announcing usually ends up being something that I'm doing uh, internationally. Uh, my work with uh, Continental Wrestling Entertainment for the Great Kali or uh, Pro Wrestling Federation of Pakistan for uh, Nami Suleiman. Uh, I'm usually doing uh, Master of Ceremonies uh, announcing and commentary type things. Now, you mentioned your training with uh, the XCW Academy. For people outside mm -hmm. of Texas, you know, they may not know about XCW, but at one point, XCW was kind of one of the hot spots for independent wrestling here in Texas, kind of akin to like, you know, uh, you know, a CZW in that area or XBW back in California, you know, they actually had a pretty big following at this point in time. They had a reunion show just a couple of years ago. Let's talk a little bit about XCW and kind of that organization. Because like I said, outside of the Texas area, some people aren't going to really know about it, but it really had a, a big part to play in the independence. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, a tremendous part to play in the independence. As a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say um, casual fans of the business wouldn't necessarily know know what to do or, or know how to look at XCW, but, uh, you know, real, real, very devote, hardcore, diehard professional wrestling fans, uh, especially taking that back about 10 years. Um, I, you know, XCW was on a, a national cable platform, uh, was on, uh, uh, HD net, which later got turned into Mav TV. Uh, and I believe you can still get, uh, XCW on, uh, uh, on, on Netflix uh, in the DVD capacity because that was one of the things that uh, uh, my, my trainer and, and the owner, Knight Davis, and I have had a chuckle about is uh, you, know, you, can, you can still you know, like order things like the Battle Box and, uh, and things like that. But XCW was, you know, especially in, in, uh, in the early 2000s, was one of the premier places to be in Texas, um, if not the premier place to be. I mean, you, you had Ken Taylor's, uh, uh, you know, NWA Southwest, and you had uh, uh, the Bussies with uh, uh, PCW. Um, but uh, it was really kind of, if there was a, a best promotion, I was really often a toss-up between uh, between XCW and PCW as to, to which one what was the one that you'd you'd give the Duke to, and and that'd be really depending on whether or not you were uh, a, a fan of what the product delivered, because PCW, um, PCW was uh, uh, more akin to uh, uh, you know what we see in sports entertainment uh, today, uh, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to PCW, because now I you know the. the I know there's a lot of people who denigrate today's product, uh, but you know, I mean, they they had a really very solid, uh, amazingly solid roster 
uh, just like XCW did. And XCW would be kind of more akin to take um, take uh, ECW and and you know uh, and that extreme hardcore uh, you know uh, model uh, and stick strong style professional wrestling, you know, Texas strong style, old school, uh, and, and stick, you know, stick those two things into a blender and, and frappe until, uh, you know, creamy, uh, because I mean, really, you know, XCW provided, uh, you know, for those who enjoyed the hardcore, uh, you know, style, they, they really, you know, they really did deliver on a lot of that, uh, but at the same time, they also uh, uh, they they also adhered to a lot of uh, old school mentality and old school uh, uh, you know uh, propriety as as far as you know the way to do business. So um, now we're really an incredible company, uh, and unfortunately, uh, I think more than anything, uh, it. it, it it was something that, uh, in a lot of ways, I don't think casual fans of wrestling were prepared for. And so, once uh, once it had reached, uh, for lack of a better term, its expiration date, uh, you know, the the owner Knight Davis just kind of, you know. Uh, Quietly did a, a this is our last show thing, and uh, you know then you know went about his business and and, and did his own thing. Uh, but but the you, you can't deny the history of uh, of XCW and, and what XCW has brought to North Texas wrestling. Now, when you were training, did you have any interest in being like an in-ring performer, you know, wrestling-wise, or you know, was managing kind of just what you wanted to do, kind of what you're saying, what you thought you might be uh, more suited for. Definitely what I'm more suited for. I, I don't know that I would say that that I've even uh, definitively said to myself, oh, I'll never do that. I'm not like some of some of the, the, the younger kids in, in the business who, who you know, have, have a accelerated uh, healing capabilities you know, because of their youth. Uh, you know, I, 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 I still kind of dabble with the idea of, uh, you know, uh, you know, strapping on some boots and, and, and getting in the ring. And I've done it a time or two, um, very rarely successfully, uh, in, in terms of wins and losses, but, uh, uh, usually in terms of something to further, you know, what a, what a company needs me to do or, or needs from me. In uh, in my capacity as a manager, um, but uh, I won't say that the idea is uh, is a a a, uh, a dead one. But you know, I have to get to a couple of points personally where I would be, you know, willing to subject myself to to that kind of uh, ideal and, and that kind of work. Because uh, I don't mind doing, you know, the odd, you know, pick them up and toss them about thing. 
but uh, especially especially in and of myself right now. Now, you know, play, working places like SW, if you're in really, I, I, I'd really have to work to make sense of why I'd be getting into the ring for, you know, uh, let's say, for example, uh, for, for, you know, my friends over at you know, DFW All Pro. If I got into the ring in a wrestler's capacity with the way that the, this modern age of information is, you can't just do that. And it'd be a secret and nobody know about it. You know, I'd literally have to go under a hood uh, to to do something like that. Uh, And it's something I've thought of, but I don't know that it's something that I want to devote what physical resources I have left to me, if that makes sense. Oh, very much so. Um, I'm going to pass the mic over to Glenn. I'm sure he's got a couple questions for you. I could ask a few questions sure. here just to let Mike uh, rest up a little bit, talking about managers and stuff. <laughs> now, when you know you, when when developing, uh, you know you you're definitely a personality, from what I could gather. I love just listening to the, the two of you talk. But you, uh, as far as like when you came time to to find a, a find, a, I guess look into a persona. Now. What managers did you did you study, or what managers come to mind when you think of uh, uh, as far as like uh, honing and, and learning some of their psychology and, and just you know the things that they do, the little things that they do, like say for example, like a Bobby Heenan, you know, from the older generation. What managers uh, you know kind of help you on your road to developing your own sort of character and your own psychology? Oh, Bobby Heenan is is easily. The number, the number one in that. Um, I, I've been a fan of of uh, Bobby Heenan since I saw him and since I heard his voice and commentary. I've 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 been a fan. I've even gone so far. I, I've stooped so low as to borrow Bobby Heenanisms during the course of uh, uh, doing commentary. Uh, you know, I've done, some of my favorites is you know uh, uh, you know. Uh, I, I do, especially. It's harder to find these days. But when, when uh, someone will, will you know, do a hair pull, yeah. You know, oh, it's a Greco-Roman hair pull. Uh, <laughs> you know, little, little cute. You know, if, if you're familiar with Bobby and Bobby's work, you know, little things that you catch. Uh, but uh, well, uh, I try not to be too, too, too plagiaristic when it comes to that kind of. You know, I, I, I think. Uh, Carlos Mencia did did that best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, uh, Bobby's definitely an inspiration. Uh, Jimmy Hart's an inspiration. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you know the Moody. With- like you know, Percy Pringle, but the uh, the thing with uh, like Bobby, you know, I grew up uh, watching. I grew up in Northwestern Minnesota, and I used to watch uh, my first wrestling that I was I really got acquainted with when I was a kid was early nineteen eighties AWA that we we would get each week. Right. And you know, watching Bobby Heenan and the Heenan family, I mean, it's like yeah, even as a younger kid, it's like oh man, I just hated them. But then it's like man, as I got older and I was figuring it out, it's like this guy was so good because you know Bobby. He was a wrestler. He could have been a great wrestler. But the thing was, as a manager, he knew how to work like a manager when it came to situations where he was into, you know, when it came to uh, working as a tag team, working with the Heenan family in the ring. 
and also uh, the great gimmick uh, with the the weasel suit match. You know, so Bobby just oh. had all of that, and yeah, the humor. But but Bobby, uh, that was like one of my first exposures of wrestling was AWA, and, and to see him, and I I was I was hooked. Whether I wanted to admit it as a kid or not, you know, I got to see him. My earliest memories were him and Hulk Hogan in the, in the WWF and all that stuff with Bockwinkle and all of that. But Bob, Bobby Heenan is just you want to talk about a fantastic manager and Jimmy Hart. I think a lot of fans, uh, thanks to YouTube, are able to plug in and watch Jimmy Hart stuff in Memphis. I mean, you know, the WWF stuff oh, yeah. is, is amazing, but the things he did with Lawler in Memphis and some of the guys in the first family, I definitely think that that'd be required viewing for a, a fan who was a, you know, or, or an aspiring manager who wanted to kind of learn psychology. I mean, territorial psychology, which means you got Heenan, who would be, these guys ended up taking, you know, him and Hart taking what what they've learned in the territories and make it kind of a universal thing with the, the Federation and the rise of Vince in, in, in right. the 80s. Very integral to that rise, I think, was having personalities like that because I don't know uh, how long I could sit through a Bob Orton interview. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, but, but I mean, like, especially when you go back to the, the Memphis days and things that, that, that you know, Jimmy did. Uh, my favorite thing that Jimmy did in the Memphis days was his work with uh, uh, Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. uh, and and between the two of them, somehow managing to make this this goofy comedian uh, who is very ahead of, uh, very ahead of his time into uh, a, a, a not a credible threat to to Jerry Lawler, but a a, a credible nuisance that really needed to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and between him and, and, and Kaufman and the work that they did, um, somehow managed to make Jerry Lawler not look like a colossal bully dealing with, with the two of them, you know, both of which being easily, you know, uh, you know, the two of them couldn't add up to one Jerry Lawler no. in the, in the you know, physicality sense, but, uh, you know, they they definitely managed to work in such a way that you know you, you never once thought, oh, this is you know th- this is wrong, this is bullying, this is you know it was always you 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 have got to deal with those two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think too, but, I mean, Memphis was I think ultimately a perfect fit for for Andy to be able be able to take on that persona that he did and to be able to get that and help generate that heat because he 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 did it to such a, a masterful art and and then you throw in Jimmy uh, into the mix as well and then having them together in cahoots and then having them turn against each other and to ultimately set up Lawler all of this stuff I mean some people may have thought that uh, Andy may have went a little bit long as far as this run in Memphis but I, I watching some of this stuff and finding it you know it's always here and there on YouTube and you know the tape trading through the years I find that stuff just downright fascinating the way that Andy could hold on uh, as long as he did and if only you know think about this I mean if not for the unfortunate cancer that uh, took his life uh, we probably would have been seeing Andy maybe I would have, I could possibly have seen him move around a little bit in the waning days of the territories you know the funny thing is, is with it, with it, especially when you look at, you know, with, with uh, the Man in the Moon movie and and the documentaries that spawned from around the time of that movie coming out on places like Comedy Central and all that, 
there was one documentary, I won't say Comedy Central did the documentary, yeah. in which it was a lion's share of his Memphis territory work uh, and doing more than just, you know, showing him. Because you, know, you, 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 get the, you get the odd, you know, person who catches a little bit of it, and usually what they see is him doing his intergen- intergender title yep. uh, business and how, you know, he'll wrestle any woman. And, and you know, you, you get people who are only paying attention to half of it and go, oh, what a misogynist. Yeah, and, and, and you get them turn off, but they don't pay, so you don't pay attention to the whole scope of what was going on there. And I really believe that if Andy had not uh, had cancer uh, and had not passed away, we would have seen him in WWE, WWF. Um, you know, he, he would have popped up uh, either doing his, you know, I'm from Hollywood business uh, or, or, or uh, pulled up as a, uh, uh, you know, a, a manager or, you know, some kind of uh, ringside wrestling personality that was from Hollywood that uh, was actually able to make us believe that he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame opposed to all of the other celebrities that are in there for some reason that we still can't figure out. <laughs> Most definitely, uh, yeah, Andy would have, there, there would have been just so so, so many uh, great, great potential things that could have, could have came out of that. But uh, let's uh, keep on going here with the conversation. I was just here uh, during Mania Week that the great colleague ended up uh, getting inducted into the class of the, uh, one of the classes for the WWE Hall of Fame. Now you had a connection with the great colleague and made a, a pilgrimage over to India. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because that definitely fascinates me and, you know, with the, how the timeline of the of, of Kali getting into the WWE Hall of Fame, I think uh, listeners might be very very interested in hearing uh, your adventures uh, abroad. Well, you know the, uh, the, the my experience with the Continental Wrestling Entertainment w- was absolutely amazing. Um, now, I, you know, obviously, I've, I, I've been you know a, a little bit more traveled than you know the the, the average American citizen. Uh, you know, uh, just just from my general origins, but um, never ha- have I been in in a place like uh, uh, India or uh, you know e- even later on a place like Pakistan. Uh, and the, the 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 first thing I want to say about actually both of those experiences, uh, the people are so amazing, now so so welcoming, so enthusiastic, so friendly. Now. You know, I, 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 I had the opportunity to go over there. You know, it was really my first really big foray uh, into anything. You know, I, I'd done some shows where I, at this point in my career, I'd done some shows where I had, you know, uh, done, a, done a, a, a spot or two managing uh, the likes of Red Dog Rodney Mack or, or the likes of Raven. Uh, and I, at this point, I had ha- already started my relationship with Charlie Haas and, and working with, with him. But I'd never taken on something that, that had that much scope of potential. The, the experience, just the experience of the fact that, you know, here I am, literally in the grand scheme of professional wrestling, no one. Uh, and, you know, uh, right time, right place. Someone was able to see my talent uh, and and see uh, my my 
my, my verbal and my oratory, oratory skills mm-hmm. and say, hey, Nigel, do you want to come to uh, do you want to come to India and you know work as an announcer and, and commentator for the Great Kali? Uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I jumped at the chance, and in uh, little 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 more than two months from the time it was offered to me, uh, I was uh, in, in India uh, shaking hands with easily. Uh, the easily the the most impressive physical human being I've ever had the opportunity to meet. Uh, the great Kali Dalip Singh is uh, such an incredible person. Uh, being over there and working for the great Kali, I would liken unto working with Hulk Hogan during his WWF heyday. That's amazing. Uh, except Hulk Hogan wasn't a cultural icon. He wasn't a, a cultural leader. So you really just uh, got to see uh, just how important uh, Kali is uh, to his countrymen. I mean, that that's amazing. Oh, I mean, my God. I, I mean, you... you it puts things into perspective for you when you uh, when you're sitting in your hotel room in the in his home country and you're flipping channels on TV. You know, you you, you sit down and you start watching a, a local movie. Uh, uh, you know, well, no, local, watching a movie that's on a. a uh, a local channel, and the local channel turns around and uh, drops uh, an advert for uh, concrete and a concrete company. Uh, and the subject of the advert is th- this humongous human being that, by his sheer size, is destroying everything just in his home just by wandering around. And you sit there and you and you register that. That giant that they're showing in this ad, that's the fella that you're working for. And he's on a, I mean, this, this is a, you know, a, a, a national television station that I'm, that I'm watching. And, and, you know, you know, because, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of, of the of film and cinema and movies. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, you know, a, 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 a movie channel, which in, in, in India, they're, they're very, they're very interesting about, you know, HBO, Cinemax, uh, they, they have commercial breaks in the middle of the movies. Uh, and so I, I want to say I was watching like HBO and HBO runs a, a you know, this, this concrete advert in the middle. And you, you sit there and you just go, this this man is so significant in this country that they were willing to hire him and pay him to run a, a commercial on an international cable platform. Uh-huh. Uh, the, 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 and, and that's just putting it in terms that uh, the Western world can understand because there's no way to describe uh, because because we lack the cultural understanding not because 
insensitivities or anything like that, but just because, you know, the, the, the way the Western world has been shaped, we don't, we don't look at, at, at things quite in, in the fashion uh, of, of the rest of the world and particularly uh, cultures like, uh, you know, like India that, that have so much rich, deeply steeped tradition in everything that they try and do, even as they, you know, foray into the, into uh, the modern world, they're still holding on to greater points of their history. So, you know, very, very fascinating to see. Uh, I mean, you know, for example, you know, we we did a press conference. I want to say it was like this second 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 day. Second day? No, maybe no. First day. First day we did a press conference, uh, and when we stepped into the press conference, now Collie is sitting there, and they've got all the you know all the rest of the wrestling town around, and there are people just all around. Oh, uh, and news people, and you know cameras flashing. And I mean, this this room that we're in is just jam packed, and everybody's trying to ask questions. And it, it's such an over overwhelming experience that that you you don't know how to process it. Because while they were there because of the wrestling show and and, and there because of us, they weren't there for us. They were there for the great Kali. Uh, we were just window dressing. He was the spectacle. Uh, and that we saw that through and through. I mean, for God's sake, the the, thir- the second night of the tour uh, was in a uh, was in a, a city called Derdun, and they were we were in an unfinished cricket stadium. All right, so the stadium is you know not you know it, it, it's it's built up enough that event can be held into it. But not built up enough that you go, oh, you know, this is, you know, this is all done and, and everything is, you know, pretty and, and, and laid up the way that it needs to be. Uh, and uh, literally, literally, we had 70,000 plus there for this show. And, and while they were very good to, to, to all the wrestlers and very responsive and when Kali came out, the place just exploded. Oh, and I mean, you know, I, I, you, know you build a, you build a wrestling show in the right fashion, even if it's you know uh, you know a, a spot show with a limited amount of story in it. You know, you you build the show right, and you get a progression of your overall excitement. And I mean, by the time we got to the main event, even even I was just, you know, brimming with, with, with excited energy about, you know, the, the main event and, you know, the great colleague coming to the ring and he is going to, to uh, you know, he's going to impose justice upon the, 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 the villains who are, you know, have been disrespectful to the Indian people, both, uh, you know, with their behaviors in the matches and the behaviors and in, in you know press conference interviews and you now 
being there in that presence uh, and the fact that no one had really done wrestling like that in India prior to, you know, Kali opening his school and, and Kali putting on these international shows. And, I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, a, a billion-person market. And the great Kali opens that door because he is this tremendous uh, physicality, this tremendous being, this tremendous force of, of nature that the Indian people, you know, gravitate towards because here's one of our own, you know, and, and he is, you know, he, he's walking amongst the, 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 you know, WWE universe gods. Uh, and so, yeah, no, easily, you know, I understand, you know, and feel his, his, his induction into the hall of fame to be very well deserved. Uh, I mean, and in all of that, he was such a good person. Uh, you know, the very last tour that I, I, I worked with him at, um, my uh, I, I was going to be picked up uh, at a time later than, you know, checkout. And so, you know, I just kind of, you know, checked out and, and brought my bag into the corner of... Uh, uh, of the lobby, you know, pulled out a book and, and just kind of sat there and was just reading. Uh, and uh, Kali's best friend, who is his right-hand man, comes, uh, you know, comes in the lobby, sees me there, uh, and you now tells me to come with him. You well, know, okay. You now he he brings me up to Kali's suite. He, he wakes Kali up and Kali sits down and has breakfast with me. Uh, and we just kind of, you know, kind of, kind of sit there and, and have breakfast, and, you know, chit chat and, you know, had the telly on and, you know, uh, you know, then he, uh, you know, we shook hands. He said goodbye. And, you know, I, I you know, flew back to Texas uh, and the fact that he, you know, Someone who is that level of celebrity in India, the, the fact that he, he was willing, was not put out, was not, uh, you know, this guy, you know, was just, now, I, I will never forget the kindness and the humility that I see in the great Kali, uh, and should I ever be blessed enough to have even an eighth of that that you know level of influence in the business, I will always strive to be that good back to people and 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 treat people like that because you know that 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 really meant a lot and still means a lot, especially now wrestling is is you now very much a part of you know the entertainment industry and. You know, there is a lot of rejection and, and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, you, you internalize a lot of negativity because you think, you know, one way or another about things and, you, you know, oh, I made this mistake and I wonder, oh, did I do this? And, and you internalize all your little flaws and you, you end up making yourself feel terrible. And I, uh, I, I really 
try to remember that you know, the great Coley sat down and, and broke bread with me when he didn't have to. Uh, and no matter whether or not I'm anyone in the business, I was a significant enough person to Dalip Singh that Dalip Singh took time to spend time with me. Um, an incredible man. That's just a great, great story, and we, the listeners, could really get an understanding, a much more of an understanding of of Kali and and just how important and how big of of his, much of an important figure he is in his country, and learn just a little bit more about the guy that with uh, people may have saw in the ring for just a couple of years here in the WWE. I'm going to bring Mike McCurdy in to wrap things up. We're gonna, boy, we had. Well, what a great, uh, what a great guest this week, Mike. But uh, basically, I'm going to throw you in to wrap things up, man. Nigel, thank you so much. That was awesome. But Mike, take it home. You're welcome. Sam. You know, before before we wrap this up, I do want to uh, ask one more question because we did bring this up. Uh, SWE Theory TV. It's on Fight TV now. CW channels all over the country. They have their YouTube channel. You are a major uh, part of that show. I like I said, I watch it pretty much every weekend. You know, tell us a little bit about SWE Fury and uh, to kind of close up the show. Sure, yeah. No, SWE Fury, uh, we're actually, I mean, talk, talk about blessings. That, that, is, that, that company has been a tremendous one. Um, you know, it, it, uh, uh, it, it's a company that uh, really wanted to focus and, and really does work to focus on uh, as uh, smooth a combination of old school mentality with modern professional wrestling ability. Uh, and I mean, we've, we've had a rather remarkable year, uh, you know, fight TV. Cause we've been, we've been in existence. Oof. Uh, the, uh, our first show, uh, was in 2019. And, uh, uh, uh we did, uh, we did, uh, television tapings, in 2019, and then it was actually I was in uh, Pakistan for Pro Wrestling Federation of Pakistan for uh, their uh, um, uh, their 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 December event, uh, and um, I got an email saying that we were going to we, we'd been picked up, uh, and that I needed to be uh, available for you know a series of dates, uh, but then 2020 happened and. Even even in the midst of 2020, we have been remarkably blessed. Um, as you said, we, we've got uh, uh, CW channels uh, uh, scattered uh, all over the country. We've got uh, uh, we, we actually picked up a couple of ABC channels uh, here in in Texas uh, on Fight TV uh, on the Action Channel. Uh, we've got our YouTube uh, uh, products. We've We've got our YouTube products, and on top of our YouTube products, uh, we've garnered the attention uh, of Hannibal uh, and uh, you know his his insane number of uh, followers on on multimedia, uh, and you know w- with our creative team, uh, you know led by uh, uh, Teddy Long and, and James Beard and uh, Kevin Sullivan. Uh, you know, I, I really feel that you now uh, the, the sky really is the limit in, in, in what we can do. You know, we, we'll only end up limiting ourselves. 
you know, uh, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we won't do that. But I, I think at this point, the only thing that, that could interfere or would interfere with us uh, would just be us. Uh, because we're not trying to be WWE. We're not trying to be AEW. We're not trying to be Impact. We're not trying to be Ring of Honor. Uh, we are very distinctly trying to uh, be a kind of wrestling product that you really don't see that much of anymore. A wrestling product that now uh, a majority of the story that's being told is being told in the ring. It's not being told uh, with uh, uh, you know behind the scenes, you know back of house vignettes or or uh, you know stories like that. It, it feels to me very much. Like what we're trying to do is is much like uh, the old uh, WWE superstars of wrestling uh, that I grew up watching, uh, and uh, and we've got such a a broad range of talent from all over the country. People like the Reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, Gangrel, the Blood Hunter. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, we've got uh, Chrissy James. We've got uh, Miranda Gordy. You know. Uh, uh, Jazz is a, a, a oh, I forgot about Jazz as part of our creative because she's the uh, director of our women's division. We've got, uh, uh, you know, we've got Rodney Mack. We've got Charlie Haas as the, uh, Rodney Mack is our television champion. Charlie Haas is our, our you know, world heavyweight champion. Uh, you know, and opening up opportunities for uh, uh, young fellas like uh, the OMGs. Uh, and uh, uh, Jonathan Holt, and I want to say is Michael. Oh, I feel so bad. I'm so terrible with names. I want to say Michael Anthony. Um, and I'll probably, I'll probably owe him an apology when I see him next. Uh, but as our, our, our tag team champions, and we're, we're opening up, uh, I, I think, a, a new avenue of professional wrestling. And to have grown the way we've grown, uh, in, in this past year, during a pandemic, no less. Uh, I, I think that, that speaks volumes for the quality of product that we're providing. And I'm very excited to see what the future holds, uh, both, uh, uh, both for the company and for myself personally within the company. Well, for one, I know I enjoy the product. I watch it every week. For our listeners, you know, you can find it on Fight TV. Just search for SWE Fury. Uh, it's free. I believe it comes up on Thursdays. You can see Nigel, as well as the other stars of SWE. But unfortunately, we have this person called the Timekeeper, who I'm sure right now is giving Glenn a little bit of an angry stare. So I got to pass the mic back over to him. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, she, I'm getting the look. But uh, definitely, I think a return engagement for Nigel Rabbit is uh, definitely in the works in the not too distant uh, future. Thank you to Nigel, and of course to the Grizzle Vet Mike McCurdy. I'm Glenn Brockett. You've been listening to Wrestling Memories Then and Now.